Howdy, I'm Sadie. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Shannon. And welcome back to Giddy Up Girl Boss. This is episode two, Lying to Each Other. Have you ever played Two Truths and a Lie? Well, here it is with a twist. Today, Kaylee, Shannon, and I will be playing Two Lies and a Truth. As we play the game, feel free to play along with us and guess which stories are true. These stories taught us all important life lessons that we still hold with us to this day, and we are very excited to share them with you. First, Sadie will give her three different stories before sharing the story behind which one is true. Next, I will share my stories. And finally, Shannon will do the same and tell us the full story of her truth. Now I will give my lies and a truth. So my options are, it took me over five hours to get my driving permit. When I lived in Hawaii, a wild boar broke into our house and I had to spend a whole day dressed in a colonial costume for a family event. Okay, I think that it's your first story that it took you five hours to get your driving permit because I know that your entire just like process of getting your license and your permit was just an entire mess. And so something tells me it took you five hours to get your permit. I also can see why it would be your third story that you had to uh, spend the whole day dressed in a colonial costume for a family event. Cause I kind of remember that you had to like stand in a house for a while in Connecticut, but I'm, I'm absolutely leaning towards the first story. I agree, Kaylee. I think that is the third story as well, because I also remember the story where Sadie had to stand in a historical house for like a full day. And it definitely seems up her like Connecticut family's alley that they would make her dress in a colonial costume. So the correct answer was the first one about getting my driving permit. You guys are right about the whole day having to be in a historical house, but I did not have to dress up in period clothing for it. Okay, so to set the scene, the DMV had been closed for months because of Corona. So I wasn't able to get my permit once I was eligible and I had to wait until months later in June. Um, and it was also super hard to get appointments at this time because the DMV had been closed for so long. Um, and so my family and I just decided that I would go like pretty early in the morning without an appointment and just hope that there wasn't a long line. And so the day before my mom and I went on the DMV website and we figured out all the documents I would need to get my permit. And on the website, we saw an option to submit all the documents I needed beforehand but we decided that that was unnecessary and I would just give the documents to the people at the DMV in person. This comes up later, so keep that in mind. So the day finally comes, I woke up at around 8.30, which is not super early, but it was also during the summertime, so I wasn't really used to waking up early, period. Um, and so I got ready, I grabbed my folder with all the documents and my dad and I left for the DMV. Um, and we eventually got there a little before 10 and got in the line, which wrapped around like two sides of the building. So we were waiting in line for a pretty long time. And we eventually got to the point where someone from the DMV was checking everybody's documents and making sure that they were pre prepared to go inside. And when we got there, the person from the DMV told us that they had changed their policy and now it was required to upload all your documents online beforehand, which it didn't say this anywhere on the DMV website, but we just had to go with it. So at this point, we had to drive all the way home 
and upload all the documents on the DMV website, which took our super long time. And so after we uploaded all of them, we drove back to the DMV, got back in line. It was around noon at this point, and we just hoped that all of our problems were behind us and they were solved. And so after we got back up to the point where people from the DMV were checking documents, we were stopped again. And so as a little bit of background, I was born in Hawaii and my birth certificate is kind of different for some reason in that it says my mom's maiden name on it, even though it was not her legal name when I was born. And so this means that all the proof of residence that we had brought um, in the form of like bills and bank statements and stuff didn't work because my mom's name on my birth certificate and my mom's name on the bills were different. Um, and so because of this, we had to call my mom and ask her to bring down some other proofs of residence that my dad's name were on because his name would match the name on my birth certificate. And so this meant that we had to get out of line again and then wait for my mom to get there with the other documents. So finally, at around one, my mom got there. We got in line for the third time and this time we were finally able to go inside. So at this point, it was around two. And just to add on to everything, I had to go into the DMV alone because extra people weren't allowed in the building due to restrictions. So my dad couldn't come with me. I was all alone. Um, luckily, things went smoother once I was in the DMV. And other than being pretty nervous about taking my permit test and dealing with just kind of the normal dysfunctionalness of the DMV, things went pretty smoothly. Um, eventually, we were able to get home around 3.30 after everything. And in the end, I was able to pass my test and get my permit, and now I have my license, making it all worth it. And at the end of the day, I learned how to persevere even in the face of obstacles. Okay, my turn. My three options are that I almost got my entire soccer team kicked out of a hotel in Spain, my mom has been bitten by a shark, or... In elementary school, the yearbook photographer photoshopped my picture so badly that I was unrecognizable. Okay, so I think the true story is your mom being bit by a shark because I remember a few years ago, you showed me a picture of a guy from San Diego who had been bit by a shark that you knew. And so you guys spend a lot of time down there. So I think that there's a pretty good possibility that your mom could have also been bitten by a shark while you were there. I think that in elementary school, the yearbook photographer photoshopped your picture because I know that school pictures, there's always something wacky going on with them. And I wouldn't be surprised if an elementary school photographer would just photoshop somebody out of nowhere. So you're both wrong. The correct story is that I almost got my entire soccer team kicked out of a hotel in Spain. So this story kind of requires a lot of background. Basically, in the summer of 2017, my soccer team went to Spain. So there was about like 20 of us girls. And we went with three of our coaches. And then there was like four chaperones. And we went there and we basically just went to play in a bunch of tournaments and like play a bunch of teams in Spain. Like we had two practices a day. It was like very soccer based. Um, and so in the hotel, it was three teammates in each room. And each room had a balcony. You would either face the street or the pool of the hotel. 
and my hotel room faced the pool and in front of each balcony like if you look over the railing there was this really thick probably like over a foot wide ledge that you could easily just walk on like it was super stable and you know when we first saw it none of us thought much about it but i realized that if i ever needed to get in my room say i don't have a room key or anything i could just hop over the railing of someone else's room and walk over to mine and my the door to our balcony in my room it like literally just couldn't lock so i never had to worry about getting locked out that way and so i just started asking the room next to me if i could just run through their room hop over their balcony and hop into my room and it, i did this so many times a day i just did it so often and i started telling my other teammates about it and they started doing it too because it was so convenient and we just like only one person needed their room key at this point per room and everyone was just hopping over their balconies there was one point where um i was in the process of hopping over my next door neighbor's balcony and i was jumping into mine and a bunch of my teammates who were in the pool saw me doing it and they were like cheering and like causing a scene like oh my god look at her doing that so everyone saw me doing it in the hotel which looking back on it was super bad because the lifeguard at the pool was seeing us do this every single time we were hopping the balcony so one day probably like a week into our trip and it was a two-week trip our coaches sat all of us girls down in a room and told us that the hotel was talking or was contemplating if they were if they should just kick us out of the hotel because they just couldn't have us doing these like unsafe activities. So that made us like reel it back and stop for a while. But we also realized that the lifeguards were only at the pool at the daytime. So if we started balcony hopping at night, we weren't going to get caught unless one of the coaches or the chaperones caught us. So we we just started doing it at night if like one of us needed like an extra towel or something we just quickly run down the to someone else's balcony and grab a towel and like run back. But our coaches and chaperones did nightly room checks for each of our rooms to make sure we were keeping them clean and everything. And what finally made us all stop balcony hopping for good was that one of my teammates who was in my room, she was running back down along that ledge outside of all the balconies. and the chaperone saw her and like yelled out her name and came into my room when she got into my room pulled her out by her arm and like dragged her down to the coach's rooms and they yelled at her for like 10 minutes straight and she came back into my room crying and so that just entirely scared all of us and we completely stopped balcony hopping for good okay so now it's my turn and my three options are that once i got left behind on a field trip to the san francisco zoo in the first grade i bribed my way into a leadership position and i was born without a pancreas okay so i think it's your first story that you got left behind on a field trip to the zoo i honestly don't have anything to back this up this just sounds like a very shannon thing to happen Okay, so I think that you were born without a pancreas because I remember one time at Girl Scout camp, we like woke up after spending the night there and you were taking some medication and I asked what it was for and you said you like didn't have a thyroid. 
And so I think if you already don't have a thyroid, what's stopping you from also not having a pancreas? So you guys were actually both wrong. My true story is that in the first grade, I pried my way into a leadership position. So at Rebel Chores Elementary, where I went to elementary school, in the first grade, each of the classes had this unit where we would make a small town. And my first grade teacher, Mrs. Odafonso, helped my class create Happy Town. So in Happy Town, each of the students would propose a different store that they and a small group would run. So it was set up that um, we each had around two weeks to make our products. And then at the end of that th two weeks, we would have one night where all the parents and siblings of the first graders would come and we would be able to spend our money and sell all of the goods that we had just made. There was a jewelry store with handmade bracelets. There was a pet store where kids made many animals. There was a movie theater where kids would serve popcorn and watch videos. There was kind of like our own little economy. So in addition to the store owners, there was also the position of mayor. And first grade me decided that that was just the job I had to have. And I applied and ran against two other candidates. So we had to give a speech to run. And I remember very little about my speech, except that it ended with, as your mayor, I promise a cookie and every cubby. And I handed out Thin Mints to a class of cheering first graders and won. And I remember being so excited until a few days later, later when my teacher calls myself and the other candidates aside. Apparently, one of the other candidates felt that it was very unfair we had held the election when a student who wanted to run had been out of town. So we waited for the student to come back only to find that they had no intention of running and were happy to work in one of the stores. Despite this, my teacher, Mrs. Odafonso, thought we should have a re-election just in case. At this point, I'm panicking because I'm all out of Girl Scout cookies back home. I do not have a cookie to put in every cubby, which is what my constituents are counting on. So the next day I come to school, scared that my time as a politician is going to be so short-lived, a box of Ritz crackers in my backpack. I give my speech a second time around, changing my closer to be a promise for a cracker in every cubby and win unanimously. And that is the story of how, as a five-year-old, I bribed my way into a leadership position twice. Now to some of our impactful stories, Sadie struggled at the DMV. And it taught me how to persevere in the face of challenges as at the end of the day, it was well worth it to get my permit. Kaylee stressed out her soccer team. Which made me fully understand that my actions have real consequences, which I still remind myself of to this day. And Shannon found success in her first grade classroom. I realized the power behind my actions when I was determined to do something. Thank you for listening to this episode of Giddy Up Girl Boss. We hope you had a fun time playing along with us. See you next time!